Get Brian Mudd. Download your iHeartRadio app and turn up News Radio 610 WIOD. By the end of the month, the United States will have accepted 65,000 Afghans evacuated from Kabul airport. That number is poised to grow by 30,000 within a year. Administration officials say the 95,000 Afghans will not count toward the refugee ceiling, which was set at 62,500 in May. After 12 months, all of them will be eligible to apply for a green card to become lawful permanent residents. And of course, all of that's independent of whatever has happened, you know, that's come across our southern border this year. And you know, a lot of the folks that are unaccounted for at this point that way. But, uh, of course, you recently had the decision at our southern border, the stay in Mexico policy reinstituted by the courts. We're hearing in real time Border Patrol has actually been working to try to plug up some of the holes in the wall to try to regain some some element of control about these refugees. Somebody we've talked to a lot about the southern borders and those issues. Find out how these refugees are, are being processed and, and what happens from here. With Naheem Haroon Sakia, he's an immigration attorney. Naheem, uh, thank you for taking the time with us. And and so we've heard, you know, that uh, many of these refugees have come to military bases here in the states. What happens at that point? Yes, hi. Thank you, Brian, for having me on the air. And uh, what is happening is about 40,000 are outside the U.S. in our military bases, either in Europe or Asia, and then about 24,000 or so have come into U.S. already. Uh, what we have been told is that most of these people are have been vetted at the airport in Kabul and before they are brought into U.S., uh, as an interim stopover, they were taken outside Kabul to third countries where they were vetted, and now they have been brought into the U.S., and then the vetting continues. So what has happened is about 300 people from immigration uh, services as well as FBI and other law enforcement have been sent out outside U.S. to these bases in Asia and in Europe to start the vetting process over there. And then once those people who are initially cleared, they are brought into U.S., the vetting continues. They have not given any specifics as to exactly how that vetting continues. For, of course, obvious reasons, we don't want uh, those people who perhaps would try to dodge the system uh, come to know as to what the techniques are which are being used. But what we have come to know over the years is that U.S. maintains an extensive database of pretty much everybody they come into contact with and we have, or our intelligence officials have a lot of information about individuals who are coming in. So they go through these databases. They do take biographics, take pictures, fingerprints, criminal records are, are checked, military history is checked, any kind of social media is checked. So those are the tools which are perhaps known to everybody. Besides that, what is what exactly do they have in terms of any uh, extensive tools? We don't know about those things. Uh, but the, the 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 general process is that uh, the vetting starts from day one. They are brought into military bases outside Kabul before they are brought into U.S. And then, of course, the vetting continues over here. Secondly, before they are reconnected to their family members or the refugee settlement agencies, um, you know, this vetting continues. And this goes on even after they are admitted as refugees because you have to understand they have to apply for permanent residency after a certain period of time. So the vetting continues at that time. And then while they are here, this vetting process keeps on going. If the, anything is found, 
in the normal circumstances that they have lied or they have presented documents which are not proper or there are things which come into light later on um, us immigration always take actions to remove those people from united states till the time they eventually become citizens and even after they become citizens under president trump there was something called operation janus which has started where somebody who has obtained us citizenship based on perhaps fraudulent documents or concealing information the citizenship can also be taken away uh, so that was something new which was introduced by trump uh, uh, administration and that definitely helps uh, our law enforcement to keep on vetting these people or not just these people but any immigrant who comes to us right well that was an ex- excellent explanation of where we are what happens and uh, you know that I just really appreciate it now uh, you you have all types of other you know challenges cultural and we're even finding out health for example uh, fort mccoy we found that there is an identified case of measles there and turns out that afghanistan has the seventh highest rate of, of measles in the world so you got some of those health factors as well how is it uh you know that we're able to uh, you know, meet some of these initial challenges in in a way that helps these families really get established at such large numbers. In other words, we've seen that, like with what happened at the southern border, our immigration system, in a lot of respects, kind of overwhelmed by trying to process all these uh, asylum claims. It, can we handle this volume with these refugees that are essentially coming over here in, in most cases without much anything? Yeah, obviously it's a huge challenge, and I think that was precisely the reason yesterday the Biden administration has asked for about $6.4 billion from Congress, and out of those 6.4, about 1.3 has been earmarked for health and human services. Uh, and, and the precise reason is to help these refugee resettlement agencies to be able to work and also take care of this health issue, because in Afghanistan, uh, from what I understand, there are all kinds of things which are perhaps not desirable in terms of uh, health issues. Polio is one thing, measles is another thing, and God knows what else. The COVID was rampant over there. Obviously, we did not know whether there was any testing going on. So this, these are challenging tasks, obviously. And uh, one of the reasons why this wedding process and bringing people in and trying to resettle them is going to take a while is to basically make sure that these challenges are addressed properly before these individuals are released in the in the society. Right? Immigration attorney Naeem Haroon Sakia and Naeem, thank you so much. You always have such great information and a real real comprehensive explanation. It's appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, so we'll continue to follow that. And but yeah, that measles thing was kind of like a here and now when we found out. Oh yeah, and then so start taking a look at this and go, yeah, measles is actually a huge problem in Afghanistan generally. And then you you start kind of thinking down the line. You know, it's not like in a lot of all these places and and especially rural parts of Afghanistan, they're on vaccination schedules that we're familiar with. All right, how significant was the COVID slide in South Florida schools? And we'll talk about that next right here on the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.